This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, Dr. Andy Johnson. This is a series of podcasts looking at racism in the special education silo, specifically as it relates to literacy education. And a disclaimer up front, number one, I'm a white man. I always have been. I take this matter very seriously, but with a bit of humility. And second, while I'm talking about the special education silo, I in no way infer to any particular teacher, school district, teacher preparation program, or such thing. I'm talking about the general special education system and the racism that exists within that system. Now, why does this matter? When with the same label, with the same special education label slapped on them, students of color are more likely to be assigned to more restrictive settings, a segregated classroom setting apart from a gen ed, than are white students with the same label. If the quality of education were the same or even better in segregated settings, it wouldn't matter. But it does not, it is not, and it matters. Now there are two general approaches to meeting the needs of students with special learning needs in a school, a segregated classroom, and an inclusive classroom. This podcast is looking at these two. Segregated instruction is any instruction that occurs outside the general education classroom. Now note, to pre-service teachers, we use the term general education classroom and not normal classroom because a quote normal classroom infers that other classrooms are abnormal, filled with abnormal students. And this whole idea of normality is a myth. All right, segregated classroom instruction could include full-time placement in a special ed classroom it could also involve some sort of pull-out services where students are pulled out of the general education classroom for specialized quote-unquote instruction for part of the day or for a single subject area, usually reading instruction. This specialized instruction usually takes place in a special education resource room. Now, it was thought that smaller class sizes and additional adult resources found in a special education resource room would enable teachers in special education resource rooms to provide individualized instruction that would better meet the needs of each student. It was thought as well that this would lead to improved learning outcomes for these students. Educational decisions based on I thinkisms are rarely good, and this is one of those cases. It turns out that educational outcomes are most often diminished in segregated settings. This may be because students in segregated special education settings do not receive the same quality of education as students in a general education inclusive classroom. There's often a lack of rigor a poor quality of instruction, an instruction that is neither individualized nor always appropriate. 
Now, of the students in special education systems, 70 to 80 percent of them, approximately, receive some sort of specialized, quote unquote, reading instruction. The problem, however, is this, that students within the special education system rarely experience accelerated reading once they begin the special education services. This could be because they rarely get improved access to expert reading instruction. They're most often taught by special education teachers and not by reading specialists. They're not the same. A special education teacher is not a reading specialist. The initial teacher preparation requirements are much different. You can see this. The national accreditation organizations require significantly fewer standards related to literacy instruction for special education teachers than elementary education teachers. As well, standards for advanced specialty areas are different. The International Literacy Association standards for becoming a reading specialist or a literacy coach are quite extensive. The CEC advanced special set standards for learning disabilities contain no, zero, none standards related to literacy instruction. So the specialized quote unquote instruction for reading that students often receive in these special education settings is too often a one size fits all program and that's not individualized instruction or method that relies primarily on direct instruction of low level reading subskills. While direct instruction is effective for learning low level reading skills or low-level skills of any kind, it is extremely ineffective for developing high-level thinking, for understanding complex concepts, and for acquiring sophisticated skills. When special education teachers overuse direct instruction, as they often do to teach only low-level reading subskills, these students have few, if any, opportunities to read good books, to engage in social interaction around good books, or to develop complex thinking. In other words, if only low-level skills are taught, only low-level reading occurs. It doesn't take a genius to figure that one out. Also, once students are placed in segregated programs, the chances that they will drop out of school, be arrested, be imprisoned or be unemployed after graduation all increase. This is why disproportionality is so problematic. Again, it is impossible to deny the fact that whether intended or unintended, there are systems in place that disadvantage and restrict people of color. When compared to white students with the same disability label, African-American students are more often educated in these highly restrictive, segregated settings, while white students are taught more often in inclusive classroom settings. Now, inclusive classrooms is our classrooms where instruction for all students with special learning needs and other students 
occur within a general education setting. Here, the teacher knows how to differentiate the curriculum, to make it different, to meet the special learning needs of all students. Research has found, Peterson and Hitty, 2010, that when compared to students in segregated settings, students in inclusive classrooms encounter one, greater academic expectations by the teacher, two, richer learning environments, three, more effective teaching strategies, and four, more exposure to modeling by more abled peers, all of which enhance learning. Further, it was found by Peterson and Hitty that social and emotional outcomes are as good or better in inclusive classroom settings. There's also greater achievement of IEP goals in these settings. So the ethics of automatically shoveling students with disabilities, this does not mean that there's not a place for segregated instruction. Yes, there is, but it should be the least restrictive, the last option, the last option. The first option should be in inclusive settings. And of course, we have to have smaller class sizes and well-trained teachers. Simply putting students with special learning needs in a general education classroom does not make it an inclusive classroom. It just makes it a classroom with a bunch of students in it, some of whom have special needs. Teachers in effective inclusive settings must be first willing to develop the skills to make inclusive teaching successful and they must be able. This means they need sufficient training and continued professional development opportunities. We do not create finished products in any teacher preparation program. We prepare them to begin the journey toward becoming master teachers. And good instruction, good inclusive instruction, takes time and continued professional development. As well, effective and successful inclusive classrooms need strong administrative leadership and some in-class assistance. So what often gets in the way here is poor planning, lack of pedagogical skills and knowledge related to differentiation. We can't expect teachers to know all of this stuff without giving them the opportunities to learn. Inadequate support given to students and teachers. And of course, too many students in a classroom. If we had 20 students or even fewer, we would need fewer special services. Education, uh, special education could be a service and not a place, not a destination. So too many students in a classroom disrupts good instruction for anyone, but good inclusive instruction. And then negative or adversarial attitudes of teachers, both in the general ed inclusive classroom and others. All right, this has been the reading instruction show. We've looked at two types of classroom settings used to meet the special learning needs of students, including students with reading difficulties, segregated instruction, and inclusive classroom instruction. And it is determined by a body of research, has been determined, and you can read my book to find all the citations, that in inclusive classroom settings with well-trained teachers and resources, 
students with learning disabilities, including reading disabilities, learn as good or better. They make progress on their IEPs as well or better than in segregated classrooms as well. There is superior outcomes for social and emotional uh, goals as well.